If you like to get it done and not spend more than is necessary to learn anything, this is the podcast for you. It's named after my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless. Just 15 minutes every week, you will learn something cool to make your body better, your life better, your mind better. I share tips from my books, from other great healthcare books, some interviews with people who are making life look easy, and peeks into some case studies I see every day as a chiropractor. I've been a practicing healthcare provider for 40 years and have about another 20 under my belt because I love to see people get well, feel better, have hope, and make life better for those around them. My name is Kelly Pearson, and I'm the host of this podcast. So let's get going. Hello, back again with Kelly Pearson, and we're doing um, another piece with Eight Minutes to Ageless as it relates to what is drama in our life. You know, several weeks ago, we started that conversation and what is it that creates drama in our life that keeps us from being present in the moment, that keeps us from being able to speak our truth and be available with ourselves and with others in the moment. And drama has so many little features. We've talked already about um some of the more common causes, uh, things that we can get engaged in to create drama, addiction, self-doubt, fear, gossiping, lying, you know, those are all even hard to say, but the last episodes have focused on that. Today, we're going to talk about something else that is really important, and that is being ungrateful. No matter who you are, there is always someone who has it worse than you. And I know that to be true in the world. There is a, a great quote by Donna Ashworth uh, says, I'm a huge believer in comparison, being the thief of joy. And generally, when we are being ungrateful, we are thinking or comparing ourselves with others, or maybe with the dreams that we had that we don't currently enjoy. You know, years ago, I was in an airport, busy airport, in Los Angeles, and there weren't too many places to sit. And there was this one gentleman who you could tell was, in his uh, previous years, was really a handsome, very fit man, but he had been in a horrible burn accident of some sort. His whole, from all I could tell, is his hands that were exposed and his face that was exposed were pretty egregious. And there was only one chair left. And so I... I sat down next to him and he looked at me and smiled and I engaged in conversation. I said, what happened? And he told me that he had been a pilot in an airplane with one other passenger who also was burned, but didn't make, didn't make it. And his hands were so burned that the skin was webbed between his fingers. And he had just he was just flying home from being in Texas, dealing with children who also had burns to let them know that there was still so much to be grateful for. And sitting next to him, I, I reached my hand out to his hand and put my, my palm underneath his palm and my top of my hand on top of his hand. And I just said, wow, you are so brave to have gone through that pain and the recovery and then to stand here, sit here with me in this case, and but to stand up for people who are going through this difficulty. And I knew that he sensed my gratefulness for who he was. And in that moment, sharing, sharing the humanity with someone 
like that was wow you know it's just really made me realize how much i have to be grateful for but even when our beauty is taken away there's still yet so much to be grateful for on the planet you know in, in the morning sometimes i wake up and i think about what am i grateful for today well i can see i can smell maybe there was a week or two with covid i couldn't so well i can hear I, I can walk, I can run, I can use my arms, I don't have any chronic pain. And yet there's things that aren't perfect about my body. And I can focus focus on those for sure. But but why do that? Why don't I say thankful for what's working? And yet we're so drawn to the pieces that we want to work on, the wrinkles or or the lack of strength, or the hair thinning, or the fate, you know, blah, 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 on and on we go. But our body does not define us, but yet our thoughts make us think if we're not perfect physically, that we're not, there's just not much to be grateful for. You know, I had a patient years ago, really pretty young woman, really a very, I mean, you could tell she was a runner, she just had a runner's physique, and yet she came to me for upper back pain. And I noticed obviously right away that she had a kyphosis, meaning that forward curve in, in her upper back. And her head was forward of her shoulders and her arms were kind of um, closed into her side. And I thought, why is she sitting like that? You know, why is she, why is she holding her, her shoulders forward? And when I started to work on her body, I could tell there was some resistance, almost even some anger. I said, you know, I just don't feel like this is going to be helpful for you. And I'm not sure why. Can you can you tell me what's going on with you in terms of why you wanted to hold your body that way? And then she, she kind of was paused for a moment and then looked at me and said, I cannot stand my body. I have such small breasts and I don't want to sit straight because people will know. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I, I said to her, and I shouldn't have said this first, but it's the first thing that came to me as a as a as a doctor is if you stand straighter and you put your chest out, your breasts will look bigger than if you hunch over. But she just couldn't stand the thought of having someone notice that her breasts were small. So she was giving up this horrible situation where where if she were only to stand up straighter, A, she would reduce her mid-back pain, B, she would normalize her posture, she, C, she would look taller, D, she would look like she had some breast tissue. But it didn't matter. She was so ungrateful, so upset about her breast size. And, you know, I sent her to massage and I told her that maybe one of the things that she could do is see a psychologist or a counselor to get to be able to see her, her who she was and the way I saw her, because I thought she just had a lovely frame. Well, I don't know what happened to her, to be honest. And, and I never saw her after that. But I just pray that she can get to a place where maybe some of my words got to her down the road. I don't know. All you can do is be honest. And then usually it takes three or four or five or six, seven other people to say the same thing before you start to wake up to it. But in the meantime, what can we be grateful for that's working? Um one of the most remarkable people I met in a long time was a gal by the name of Evie McDonald. She uh, had polio as a child and had ALS diagnosed by the University of Washington, definitive diagnosis of ALS, and she had all the symptoms and expressions for about a year. 
year and a half. And she always hated her body because she had the polio. But she got an idea in her head to recover from ALS. And she believed it was possible, even though, as, as you know, ALS is something nobody um, heals from typically, except Evie. But every day she, she would get undressed, get naked in front of a mirror, and for 30 minutes focus on one part of her body that she could just learn to love, whether it was her little toe or her shriveled ankle or uh, um, asymmetric breast structure or one eye that was higher or lower than the other or whatever. She just would pick one part of her body and it took about six months and she got through every part and she just learned to thank it and love it and appreciate it. And doctors still to this day do not understand how it is that Emmy McDonald survived ALS, but she did. She was so successful. In fact, the University of Washington gave her a grant to do research into other people with ALS to see if there was something around what a person might be thinking and, and uh, how, how a person might be feeling grateful for, for their body as, as one of the keys for recovery. And I was actually her research assistant here over in the Spokane area. And I interviewed two women with ALS, both of them died. One had an amazing attitude and lived much, much longer. The other, not such a great attitude and didn't live very long. And certainly the gratefulness piece was, was key there as the, the woman who did live quite a lot longer lived in a small trailer with her husband. And the only way she could communicate was through typing with her first great, her left great toe. And I would ask her this battery of questions and she would answer with her toe on the typewriter one through 10 or something like that, or yes or no. And the question that every time I saw her, one of the, one of the same questions was, hey, on a 10 point scale, how happy and grateful are you right now? And zero is miserable and 10 is you know, ecstatic. And while she couldn't particularly smile, she could gaze at me and I could tell that it was a happy feeling and she would always type one zero. Even in the face of sitting there restrained in a chair with a feeding tube and flies lighting on her in this hot, poorly conditioned trailer, she still found just this beautiful sense of gratefulness. And her, she, she lasted a lot longer than the other woman who was mad about the situation. So being grateful for every little body part. I mean, one of the best things I did years ago is get naked in front of a mirror and go, well, there it is. You know, this is it. This is what you look like. Quit pretending it's different. Quit pretending it's better than this. And I just owned it. And, and you know, there's something really beautiful about accepting where you're at and being grateful for the pieces that you've got. And I... um. I don't recommend maybe you do that where you can get caught. It might, might be uh, assumed to be kind of strange, but it's a tremendous exercise if you have the balls or, you know, or not necessarily you don't need testicles to do this, but if you have the courage to do it, it's really extraordinary because you will end up on the other side of being grateful. So, you know, there's, there's so many pieces around not just our bodies, but our family situations, our social situations, um, you know, people say to me all the time, oh my gosh, my children are driving me crazy. And then I say, sometimes, not always, I say, hey, what if your children were here? What if you lost it, this child? Like one of my best friends lost her only child when he was 32. It's taken her a long time to find a, a, a safe, happy place again. And when my patients are complaining about their children, 
I say, but what if they hadn't made it this far? What if they weren't even here? Imagine, just be grateful that they're still here on the planet. Maybe they're having difficulties, but there's always hope. There's always hope. I mean, I one of my favorite things being a woman without children is watching my parents go through all this horrible angst with their kids for periods of time only to see them 10, 15 years later, these extraordinary adults, like, oh my gosh, all that worry and angst and gnashing of teeth and feeling frustrated and ungrateful really wasn't so necessary because their kids, their kids turned out well down the road. So it's not just about family situation and social situation, but I'm, you know, I'm grateful I can live in a country where if I'm hungry, I can go to the grocery store. If I don't have a job, I can find a job in one day in this country right now, you know, and uh, it might be that you don't feel grateful for having your job because it's hard or boring or you don't like the people, but you have the job, you have an opportunity to make it better from within or to move up or to find another job that might be more interesting given the experience you've had with this job. There's, there's always, always someone who has it better than you and many people want that very job you have um so being grateful for the peace that we have public transportation to get to where we need and yet so often we wake up in the morning in our warm homes and kitchen cupboards full of food and can feel certainly ungrateful i mean we we, we listen to the news today and imagine what it'd be like to be in a war-torn country where you don't know if your house is going to be there or your leg's going to be there the next day. You certainly don't know if there's going to be a grocery store or um, water or sanitation available. And of course, those are extremes. But regardless, I think that waking up and saying, hey, thanks for the piece that's working today, for the part of my body that's in place, for the fact I, I have this thing to do today that will be fruitful, um, that I am able to make a phone call to my mother who I hadn't talked to for a long time, or or um, my best friend was mad at me and now we're talking again. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful I can go to a place of worship and walk into one of hundreds of churches and have a relationship with God without being um, penalized or even or put put into a place where you don't have that freedom like in some other countries in our world. So being when you're feeling ungrateful, man, that's called drama, big time drama. Just switch it up and start saying thank you for the pieces that are working, even if they're tiny. I mean, I'm so grateful when I wake up and I have my two fabulous dogs on either side of me such unconditional love and I it's hard for me not to be happy having those guys next to me maybe you don't have dogs but maybe you have a goldfish or a hamster or who knows but be grateful for the things around you that are that are alive and those things those people that are around you that have your back that you could call when things go poorly and there may only be one person or barely one person but yet there's always somebody that's willing to help you out. Be grateful for that. My sister sent me a text earlier tonight, and it's it's a sweet it's a sweet um, message. It says, "Your smile is your logo, your personality is your business card, and the way you make others feel is your trademark." And you know, 
the way you make others feel is really a function of how grateful you are. And an ungrateful person will make others around them feel not so hot. So think about that tomorrow when you wake up. Who are you going to influence? How are you going to make other people feel? And say thank you for something. And let's get rid of this piece of drama in our life so we can move forward. And let me tell you, friends, I'm working on these, these issues in my life daily. But because I've named them, I can, I can sense it more when I'm in the midst of it and go, oh boy, Kelly, there you are. So these podcasts for me are part of my therapy, making it more real for me as I'm moving forward. So I hope that was helpful for you tonight. And um, I hope you can just pat yourself on the back when we're through here about something that's working well. All right, you guys, have a great week. Hey, thanks for spending 15 minutes with me. My website, pearsonmarie.com, includes an awesome, if I don't say so myself, online classes I teach on chronic neck and chronic back pain, really designed to give you tools to kick your own pain. If you want to play on the civility workshop with us, you'll find the Zoom links on that resource page as well. Pick up my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless, for someone who's driving you nuts, moping around, feeling sorry for themselves. If you want to watch online videos of the active content of my book, go to 8minutestoageless.com. Of course, a great review of this podcast is always appreciated and even better to share it with a friend. Hope you have a terrific day.